Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Nothing in this world comes for free. No, it does not. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains, your favorite spot where things do come for free sometime. <laughs> this is the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. We're talking today to Ann Rendoni. Brains, I don't know if some of you guys are going to like this, but some of you are going to love it because we're going to talk about coaching. This big $25 oversaturated word. And I'm going to keep it 100 from my perspective, because as I talked to Anne in the green room, some people are not coachable and other people are not meant to be coaches. But there are powerful leaders, trainers, inspirational people that can take you to the next level. So in this interview, we're going to talk about how to separate the wheat from the straw. Anne is formerly from the International Federation uh, Coaching. I've heard a lot of people go through that program, and she's going to give us some of the tips that she was able to incorporate, but also that she learned as she applies for herself. So let's welcome her to the edge. How are you, Anne Rendoni? I am awesome today. Thank you so much for having me. Really, oh, I'm I'm glad because you know what? We got to get clear on this. Everybody is impressed with that big twenty-five dollar word, absolutely. Coach. You know, but there's still folks sitting on the bench. Everybody can't lead the Lakers. Everybody can't be, uh, you know, a, a world-class swimmers coach. And there are some people that really need this and need the support. So let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit how coaching found you, how you implemented that, and then we'll go into the heavier stuff. Okay. Well, part of the story is heavy, so I got to prepare you for that. All right. So, you know, I would say there was my life before 2015 and my life after 2015. So, you know, I would say it was pretty boilerplate up until late 2015. I grew up in Omaha. I went to Dallas for school. Um, I consider both of them my home because most of my people are in both. Um, I spent my career in marketing, in food and beverage. I worked with agencies and I worked in the corporate world. So, not to say that the boilerplate didn't have struggles, but up until then, you know, I, I, I was who I was. I was tough. I was bold. I was brassy. And, you know, I was really direct and candid. Um, still am, but in a different way, I'll say. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I was really, I was a high achiever. I was, a, I was the person to go to to get it done for sure. Um, but all the while, you know what, I, I kind of felt really misunderstood. And a lot of times my words and my actions were always taken the wrong way. And it was incredibly frustrating. And the more frustrated I got, the worse that it got. Um, but, you know, I said, you know what, one day I'm going to have to deal with all this stuff, but that day ain't today. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. Um, and that day came, April. You got to know that day came, right? Wow. You got called on it? Yeah, I got called on it in a big way in such a big way I'm, I'm kind of that person who if I only have one thing to get done it's never going to get done mm -hmm. if I have multiple things I can get all of it done plus a couple extra so you know I guess I guess God knew this about me because at the end of 2015 over the course of the next year I was faced with seven major life changes wow seven <laughs> any one of which could have brought me to my knees. Mm. So at the end of 2015, after a long relationship, I got married. Mm. Um, then there was this huge corporate layoff and I'd been there for 16 years. Um, so I was one of the thousand that were left go. I was laid off while I was on my honeymoon. So that was fun. <laughs> 
So then I decided to jump into a completely new career as a coach. Uh, then my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Then I filed for a divorce. So wow. Maybe the long relationship should have been a big clue to me, right? Um, then around Thanksgiving, my mom was not able to get out of bed anymore and she couldn't really communicate. And then she died a short time later. Um, but then for comic relief, the seventh was actually the first. The very first thing that happened was my cat died. <laughs> but I was pretty sure that he saw what was coming and said, I am out of here. You're just going to want to hug me and love me. And he was not that kind of cat. So, so uh, getting through 2016 was definitely one of the biggest challenges of my life. Mm -hmm. Dealing with 2016 was the work and it it's years of work. I am not going to lie to anybody. Somebody told me you'll be better in five years. And I'm no, please. No, right. it was longer. It was longer. It's a lifetime of evolution. It is. A, okay? Yes. yes. And, and that is a part of, you know, coaching. You don't just coach somebody. Again, I'm using sports analogies, but you don't just coach someone to win this game. You teach them to be consecutive. You teach them every competition. You want to be a winner. So let's dial back to some of the things that, that happened to you and some of some of the things that have happened to me. Okay. Uh, Brains, if I told you how many jobs I, corporate jobs I had had, it would make your hair curl. But I, much like you, am a no-nonsense kind of woman. And I had to learn to dial back on that because as a Black woman, people are intimidated by us and they feel that we're aggressive. You know, it's our body language. It's the way we look at you. It's our diversity because we're always changing our look and it's our straightforwardness. And you have to learn to temper that. You have to learn how to hold and when to fold, when to shut your cotton picking mouth and who to make your allies. You know, yeah. sometimes you got to suck up and there's nothing wrong with that if it's strategic and you, you suck it up the right way. I don't have a problem with that, but I had to learn that over the course of my, uh, my struggles. So, you know, you don't always have to speak up. Sometimes you just be quiet and just listen. Things will happen and unfold. Okay. That's the first thing. Relationships. I've been really lucky in that. I've been married to Mr. Magnificent for 39 years, but baby, it's been work. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's been work. And I've always held enough in reserve for me that in the event that something changes, I have that reserve to count on, you know? So you were able to make that choice. When it comes to life's transitioning, we are all organic and we all have an expiration date. And the cat said, I'm calling in my number now, you know, and mama was a different thing, but she was tired and she was, you know, they, I, I always get confused when people say people have dementia or Alzheimer's, they're not where we are. They're in another place. Mm -hmm. They're in a place that's very authentic and very real. May that be back 40 years ago, or that might be something in the future. We don't know where that is, but God is placing them in a certain place. But what he did was he took all of that and he dumped it on you on 2016. And he said, you know what? This is the hand that you've been dealt and how are you going to deal with it? Mm -hmm. So you decided to go into coaching really quick. You know, coaching um, is tough. I've seen disgruntled employees. All of a sudden, they're the subject matter expert. They know everything about everything. Okay. But they never got their own stuff together. Coaches have coaches. Your coach is not your friend. Your coach is not your mentor. Your coach is someone that's going to support you, mold you, encourage you, give you what you need, but also you've got to hold that coach accountable. Now, am I right, Anne? That is all very true. They are very much your guide and coaches don't have the answers. You do as the person being coached. Mm. And so sometimes that's hard experience. for people yeah, sometimes it's hard for people to grasp. And that's where it crosses over into mentorship. It's just tell me what to do. Tell me what everybody else does. It's like, we're here coaching you. And you are resourceful. The answers are inside of you, regardless of whether or not you think so. And it's a coach's job 
to help bring those answers into light, you know, bring about that awareness so that they can see different choices. Well, break it down for us. Okay. So you got it. Wait, no, really. I mean, you got into this and you said, I'm going to be a coach. What did, they, what did that day look like and how did it unfold? You know, the way that I got there, um, I love assessments. So like, you know, DISC and motivators and Myers-Briggs, I, I love them because they're data. Mm -hmm. They're not labels, they're data to help us understand ourselves. So I took every single assessment that I ever did, laid it all out, and I figured out, okay, what are all these telling me? And interestingly, they all told me teacher, counselor, coach. So I said, okay, looked into coaching and what did I find? It's a marketing methodology. I spent my life in marketing. I'm like, this makes total sense. It takes the skill that I've been doing for years and putting it in a place of helping other people. Because I got to tell you, I could not sell another box of food. <laughs> done. But, but being able to help people really brought meaning to my life that had been missing for a long time. Now, when you say help people, Go a little deeper with that because that's again very broad. Yeah. Is it helping them narrow down and 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 scale down to what they need? Maybe scale up, maybe calm down. Again, maybe do a personal assessment. You know, I've done Myers Briggs. Girl, it said I should be a social worker or a police officer, and I was like, I didn't think about that, but that does fit my personality trait. So to be able to, to look at that and see, you know, what other things are suited for you, that's very fascinating. So how do you help people? What does that look like? So there's, first of all, there's all different kinds of coaches. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the, the leadership and executive coaching that I do. Okay. And at the heart of it, coaching is about change. So if you come to coaching, you have to want that change. And you also have to know that it's work. So the help is really to be a guide, a guide who is curious and has empathy. Um, my coach training taught us to lead from behind mm. as a coach, which mm. if you think about that, well, how do you do that? <laughs> it's part of being that guide. Right. So it's, it can involve assessments, but it's about, let's really understand your situation today. Where are you today? Maybe a little bit of how you got here, but what are you dealing with? What do you want that change to look like? What is that ideal future state that you're working toward? So if you can understand both those things and get really clear about the future, you can start to look at, okay, what needs to shift? what needs to change in order for you to move towards that ideal future. And so a coach in helping people, it help, it, I, I help these women come to a deeper awareness of how they, them, their, their authentic self, how they have an impact on other people and how that impact has an impact on the person themselves, you know, the person that I'm coaching. And a lot of the times it's pulling out those things that are in our blind spots that you just don't know and shining a light on that. And, you know, the number of times that I get an, oh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. That's when you know the coaching is working, when there's that light bulb moment, when there's that aha. And that's the part that is truly so fulfilling. But, but it, it helps people evolve who they are. Um, the women that I coach, Part of the issue is they've never let go of the things that made them successful. Mm, mm -hmm. They carry it with them. Mm -hmm. And then they get to a point where they have to make a choice. Either you're going to define yourself by all the tasks and the things that you got to do, or you're going to shift your focus to people and let somebody else do all that other stuff. Well, and then that's, that's what I was getting ready to talk about is the overachiever syndrome or the imposter syndrome, pretending to be something that you aren't, 
as you clearly stated to me, is that you help people get out of their own way. And to show up, that's another big $25 word, <laughs> authentic, real. People don't even know who they are now. You know, when you look at images and you 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 hear the manipulation and the media or the news or, you know, you want to be like this person, you want to mirror their success, you can do what other successful people have done, but craft it in your own way. Mm -hmm. um, also, accountability, showing up. And delegation. Learn how to get some things off your plate. If you're a good leader, good, you know, <laughs> what I found and what one of my mentors told me, a good leader doesn't have to work that hard because what they do is they build teams and they pour in value and recognize value of others. And once you do that, they'll do anything for you. They have a vested interest. They will buy into the business. They will buy into your ideas and your philosophies and things will flourish. So if you're a good leader, you don't really have to work that hard. Or you make it look easy. Okay. All right. All right. You know, I would say it's still hard work to be a leader because when you shift into, first of all, you can be a leader from any space. You can be an entry level position and be a leader. That's so, right. For me, leadership isn't necessarily a position or a title, but how you treat other people and how they experience you. Mm -hmm. So, but if we want to move into the leading teams perspective, um, the work is in understanding other people. And that's where influence really comes in. Because the number one rule of influence is it's not about you. It's about <laughs> everybody else. Right. So, right. so a, a lot of my clients are like, head down, get the work done, go tell my people, go do this. Why don't you understand this? Because it works for them, but it actually doesn't work for anybody else. Mm, 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 so taking a step back, and putting your own needs and desires and actions and behaviors aside to say, okay, I am a leader of this team. They are looking to me for growth and development and direction and clarity. The, the information might be the same, but how you deliver it totally depends upon who is sitting in front of you. Okay. So April, I'm pretty sure that I could say, boom, 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 April, go do that. And you'd be like, got it, girl. And everything would be fine. But that's because we're a little similar. Right. But if there's somebody else who, who might be a little more uh, introverted, I'll say, or mild. Docile, yeah. It, does, it, it doesn't work. And it scares them. So you started out saying people are intimidated. We don't mean to intimidate by like, I am not trying to be intimidating, but you do kind of have to put your stuff in check and say, okay, what am I doing? That is when you look interior. What am I doing to create reactions in others that I don't intend? Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to do that self-reflection because mm -hmm. there's something that you're exuding that doesn't smell like daffodils. <laughs> And it's a turnoff. Some people like it. Some people like a hard charger. But I'm the kind of woman that I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Mm -hmm. But I am also open to listening. I don't always have to be the, the person talking. I know brains, that's hard to believe, but, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I find more value in listening because that's where I gain the information. So when you're looking, because you work for the International uh, Coaching Federation, when you decide that you want to be a coach, mm -hmm. what sort of skill set do you recommend? Again, you know, I, I know there's different, there's financial, relationship, you know, mental health, all kinds of different coaches, but you have to have a core uh, set of values, rules, skill sets to be able to make them transferable to support other people. Right. What do you look at? So the very first thing is you look at yourself. You have to be in a really good place in order to show up 
for your client. So you have to understand who you are, why you are, where, where you have learning edges, where you might have to make some shifts. Because if, if you are coming to it with your own imposter syndrome or, or biases that will impact the coaching engagement, those are the kind of things that you need to set aside and learn about yourself. But then, you know, honestly, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, you know, the, the skills of a coach are just really the skills of being a good person. <laughs> really, you know, it's listening and having empathy and showing courage. You know, there's a lot of courage in coaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot so of vulnerability, too, because people want to see where your flaws are to say, you know what? This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we intersect. This is where I can trust you. I can rely on you because you've been there. You've done that. Right, right. And and that trust component is at the heart of it. It is so critical that you trust your coach and that you also trust your client. And so that starts from the very beginning, you know, setting up the you know, the literal contract, yes, but the, the, the contract for the engagement, what, what are you, what are you here for? What is it that you want to learn? Where is it that you want to grow? What is your best way of learning? You know, and just, and even if they don't know, you can start defining some of those goals, but it's the way in which you interact um, that starts to build that rapport and that trust. Now, I have people that trusted me immediately, <laughs> said, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I wouldn't tell anybody else. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly where we want to be. But there's, there's other people that you could just, you feel it's off because it's not a good match. So that rapport, that relationship, that trust is so important in a relationship because you are dealing with some very deep, important personal things with your client. And I would be remiss if I didn't say everything in coaching is confidential, everything. And so when you get your certification and your uh, credential from International Coaching Federation, you are bound to a code of ethics. You are bound to um, that confidentiality. And you know, it's, it's through that, just that simple thing that really helps build that trust immediately. You know, especially if you're working with somebody that um, comes out of a corporation, you know, you say, look, it's between me and you. I would never speak with your HR person or your boss. Doesn't, you know, even if they asked me, I, I wouldn't be able to because I am bound by that confidentially. So there's a lot of different pieces that, that build into that trust, but it's also the work over time. And that pure, deep, actual listening, not just hearing, but listening right. and, and how you respond. And it can be to tearing, you know, because again, people are being vulnerable. They're showing you their weakness. They're saying, you know, I need help. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest things for people to do is to say, I need it and then accept it and then act upon it. That's right. It's a three-step process. Um, and then checking in occasionally. It's like therapy. A lot of people don't like therapy. To have someone that is neutral, that's not your pastor, that's not your mama, <laughs> that's not your girlfriend, because they all have their own opinions, or your spouse, but to be able to offset that and have um, someone look at it objectively and say, you know what, I'm hearing something a little different. Have you considered this? Are you willing to try that? If not, let's restart and do it again. And accountability. I want my coach. Oh, yes. I hold them to task, baby. I put their feet to the fire because I'm paying you. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line, I'm paying you for a service. You're not just giving this to me because I'm cute, you know, but I'm holding you accountable for what you say you're going to do. Now, again, that is not transforming me. That's my job. But showing up, with the proper tools, giving me the proper information, quizzing me, uh, making me account, holding me accountable, checking in with me, you know, creating new processes, being able to recognize when we need to edit and shift and filter. 
-hmm. All of that is account of uh, responsibility of my coach, encouraging me, rewarding me, patting me on the back, cheering me on, all of that. So it takes a lot to be a coach, Brains, and please take this seriously. Don't just kind of take the title and think that you're doing something impressive. You've got to do the work. And what is your success rate? How many people have you really helped? It doesn't have to be a hundred. That would be amazing. But if you can see the transformation in three people, four people, yeah. and really see a shift in an impact, you should be proud of yourself. But if you're not able to go back and have testimonials or people referring you, I don't know, you might need a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just keeping it 100. No, that is a fair point. That is a very fair point. So uh, you have your own business now, ARC. Tell us about that. So ARC Coaching Solutions, um, which ARC stands for Ann Rendoni Coaching. It's very simple. But I like um, art. I like that. That's nice. That's cool. You know, it's it is focused on my ideal female leader who had great success in her early career. You know, really rocketed. She's a rock star. All this stuff, and then at one point she hit that wall and just is confused and frustrated. And why is everybody else getting promoted and I'm not? I used to be the one getting promoted. What happened? What did I do wrong? So. That is who I love working with. And that that's typically who comes to me. So, you know, you, you attract your niche, which is awesome. Um, and so those are the women that I help work through where they're at today so that they can go back to being the obvious choice again. Mm -hmm. So they can become that leader that they want to be. So I do that one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I love coaching teams that are led by this particular woman because she has so much opportunity and things just aren't going right. And it is so much fun just to go in there and look at all the dynamics and the stakeholders in the team and just really work with them together to, to, to pull them through. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I, I love assessments. So um, usually I build assessments into my, my one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, but I also do them one-off, man. Just just agreed to do that today for, for somebody for, for purpose, of all people. Yeah. Um, but right now um, I am working on a group program so that I can reach more women at once. And it's you know what's good with the group program brains is that it's peer to peer. Yeah. You know, and we'll put out. You know, she'll lay a spread for you on the table. But it's nice when you can sample other things. It's nice when you find that um, that synergy and synchronicity and build a relationship, a friendship, a colleague, a network with other people inside the group. You bounce ideas off. One person you know, may ask the question and everyone's been thinking it. So group programs are a whole lot of fun. And you know what else happens? I'm gonna tell you, you become more attractive. You have a certain gravitas. There's a certain sexiness and self-assurance because now you don't have to worry about people whispering behind your back because now you exude this confidence to where, you know what? I know when to keep my mouth shut. I know when to step up. I know when to speak up for myself. I know when to go to HR. I know when to leave this job and, and go build my own business. There's a certain strength that comes with all of this. So coaching is so important. You know, your skin gets better. You sleep better. Your sex that's better. That's true. All of this, I'm telling you, is true. I, I know. Believe me, I've had this podcast for 20 years. And I will walk into a room. And honestly, I feel like I own it. Whether I talk to anybody or not, I have a sense of who I am. I have a seat at the table. And I feel comfortable in my own skin. And we call that presence. That's right. Yep. Well, let's ask you some fun questions. We've done the deep stuff. <laughs> My favorite question. If you were an okay. appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? And why? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, the, the one that comes to mind is a blender. 
Why would you want to be a blender? Probably a lot of people want to be blenders, don't they? A lot of people want to be blenders or uh, a Vitamix. <laughs> because what goes in is a is not what comes out. Okay. It is a blending of all those things. Okay. So what goes into you as a person are your values. So important to know your core values because it triggers everything. So if your values come in, what comes out? So what comes out of the blender are your behaviors. Okay. All right. So, well, so I want to be the refrigerator because I <laughs> want to chill. I just want to chill. That, that, that's, that's me. Um, if you weren't coaching, what other career choices through your assessments that you find that match your personality? I would say my personality and my second most important value of freedom. I would be a traveling writer. I would be wow. roaming the world, writing about it, and loving every day. Wow. And 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 showing my experience through photography. Wow, that's amazing. If you were a flower in the garden, which flower would you be? Mm. I told you in the green room that I can't keep things alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't say plant. I said flower. <laughs> oh. You can find those at the grocery store. <laughs> Sunflower. A sunflower? Yeah. Yeah, because it is sturdy. It stands out when you're driving down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's substance to it. Absolutely. But, and, and it's also very colorful. And it's sustainable. And it provides food. And, you know, the seeds are so powerful. So I could see you being a sunflower real easy. Real easy. I'd be a tulip. Because when they bloom, they're just wild. They just go, you know, just everywhere. There's no structure. So you'll see a lot of pictures that I that I post with my guests and there'll be a lot of tulips in them because I, I love those. If you have three wishes, three magical wishes, anything, your guilty pleasure, um, you know, career, life, what would they be? I, I'm trying to make this not too lofty because don't we all want world peace? I mean, seriously. You know what? And, and that's fine. And the more of us that ask for that, that is how we're going to achieve it. Yeah. And I, yes. So what's baked into that is truth. I wish that everyone would seek and find truth, not just go along with what somebody else is saying. Mm. So integrity is my top value. I, I live by that and truth and understanding is so important to me. So I, I wish that other people had that curiosity and desire to, to, to find the truth. Okay. Um, I am, I am the cool aunt. I have 20 nieces and nephews. They oh, wow. so far have 25 or I think 25 is baking, but I wish for them to have more of the, um, the, the, the freedom and the carefreeness that I had growing up. I wish that they could experience some things that have long ago disappeared, you know? Mm -hmm. Going down the going down the road on your bike by yourself all day. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah, it built it builds so much courage and character and 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 all of that and confidence. Um and you know, I I wish that I had, you know, if I'm if I'm gonna turn it in towards myself, <laughs> I wish that I had the 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 resources to live that other dream. So the traveling, traveling writer and photographer. Well, you know what? Manifest it. You, yeah. If you can think it, you can achieve it. <laughs> yeah. You can. You've done everything else. You've been able to 
to edit and pivot and shift and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, you might have a coaching client that wants you to travel with them. You never know where these possibilities lie and what's happening. Um, If you were to be an animal, what animal would you be? Okay. (laughs) I have to tell a funny story. Okay. Because there was a gal that I used to work with who had an uncanny ability to identify people's spirit animals. And they were always dead on. Like, it was just like, yep, he is a camel. Yep, she is a brown bear. It was just, and so one day I said, okay, what am I? And she thought about it. And she said, you're a honey badger. Now, do you know what a honey badger is? Yeah. Yeah, that video, just, if if you don't know, there's language in it. So if you don't like language, don't look up the video. But the honey badger is the the toughest, baddest animal in the animal kingdom. They can take down a lion, you know, all this stuff. And I thought about it for a second, and I decided not to be offended by it. She might have meant it offensive. I don't know. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I am fearless. I I will go after what I want. I, I will take take on the Goliath. But there's that other part of honey badger don't care. Right. <laughs> Just part exactly. of that video. And and that was that was my life before 2016. And I'm like, you know what? That's the part I really gotta pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Because because I do care. I do care, but I'm trying to not be a burnt marshmallow. I get you. Yeah. I, you. So, I am ugly on the inside, but for years I just lived with that crust. So I'm going to stick with Honey Badger, but I'm going to be a Honey Badger who cares. Well, let me tell you a funny story. Okay. So, uh, I worked in corporate America and I interviewed a woman to be on my team. And I asked her the same question because as you like to do assessments, these questions are key indicators of people's personality, brains, whether you know it or not. It tells a whole lot about them. So I asked her, I said, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? You know what she told me she'd be? Told me she'd be a snake. Ooh. And I said, really? I said, well, tell me why. She goes, because I stay low to the ground. I know how to get in. I know how to get out. She says, and when I strike, I can strike with venom. And, uh, I hired her and I hired her because number one, she was real. She knew who she was. She was authentic. And sometimes brains, you need a snake. Sometimes you don't want to be the one to go in and strike. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need somebody low to the ground. But with all that said, I was very cautious too. But people know who they are. And when they tell, as Maya Angelou has told us many times, once they reveal who they are, you better take them seriously. Because they know who they are. People know exactly that. So let's talk a little bit more about women supporting women, Anne. I think one of the most important things that I have seen women grapple with, if I was coach or if I was just one of the workers, is that as a leader, you have the, the best thing that can happen is that the people on your team surpass you. They become something much greater than you because you're a part of that. But part of the bad that's going on is like, no, if if you do that, you'll make me look bad rather than I hired a smart person who knows their stuff. That'll make me look good. That'll make the company look good. And we can all go from there. But the dynamics are all turned around the wrong way. It's like, no, you, that'll make me look like I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, well, if you're a good leader and you let them, (laughs) you nurture that person and you let them use their strengths, you do know what you're doing. So that, that's the part that just drives me crazy. And it's, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that it is that people consciously do it. It's just a mindset. Oh, honey. Yes. I think it's a lot of times, I hate to say it, it's calculated. Uh, I had a leader tell me one time, he says, April, I want you to be the bridge 
that carries people safely across. And I thought that was so powerful. You know, again, when I'm looking for a coach, I want that coach to one day want me to outgrow them because they are a part of that. I look at women in politics. I'm sorry. Yes, I don't, I can't call it politics, but I see that. But as you see them aging out, I don't see a mentor. I don't see uh, someone that they have under their wing that's by their side the whole time that's saying, hey, when my time is over, I want you to step in here. I'm going to be able to support you. You know the ins and outs. I've been able to train you. That's what a mother does to a child. That is what a father does to a son. That's what a grandparent does to a grandchild. They mentor you. They give you the wisdom to carry it forward and to be better than them. Mm -hmm. So that is huge. Thank you for that. That's huge. Yeah. Talk about millennials. It's a whole different mindset. The mm -hmm. coaching is different. What they want, their expectations, their work ethic, artificial intelligence, the device, wanting to be mobile, it's a whole different thing. So coaching them is different because you can't use the old school techniques. You've got a new set of, of realities to deal with. What do you say to those people? Well, I mean, so you're, no, you're, you're right. You're right. And I think that's where it comes back to that bias that we talked to. You know, if you if you enter a coaching conversation and you have some in inbound bias saying, "Oh, these millennials, they don't have the work ethic I have," mm -hmm. you know, that's that's going to throw you off. So, you know, I kind of coach them the same way with just a lot of curiosity, and definitely I'll learn from there. What's interesting is coaching leaders who have millennials on their team. Because the judgment just falls right in there. Oh, they're lazy. Well, you know, I, I've never, I, it was amazing to me when they would say, you know what, I've partied all weekend long. I'm going to work from home today. I wouldn't have had the balls to say that, which I don't have balls anyway, but I wouldn't have had the nerve to say that to my boss. Right. Um, but the ingenuity um, and what their expectations are, they don't necessarily want the big house. They don't want the big car. A lot of them don't even want kids. Right. You have to be so politically correct because they're non-binary. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say miss that. You got to call them she, he, we, they, them. So we have to be able to not, uh, you know, necessarily be so steadfast in our coaching philosophy because it's based off our judgment, our experience, our life. We have to also, again, be that good listener to incorporate these new ideas. And you have to meet them where they're at, which is probably not where you're at. No, or trying to understand. I know I did a, um, I was a CASA, a court appointed advocate for uh, foster youth. Mm. And we did an intergenerational thing. Here I am, you know, I was in my fifties and the young person was 18. What we learned from each other was just amazing. They don't want a lot of information. They don't want all the history. They want it in bite-sized pieces. They want to be able to process it quick and slick. Again, there was the house. They don't want a big house. They want a tiny house. They want an electric car. You know, we want a Mercedes Benz or Rolls Royce. That's not what they want. They don't care anything about that. And another thing, they don't care about the color of your skin. They don't care about your sexuality. They don't care about, um, they want a right to choose whatever it is they choose. They want to be innovative. You know, all of these things we have to get on board with because this is the future. And we're not going backwards. We're moving fast. And it seems like we're moving at such an accelerated pace. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's It's interesting. I just had this conversation earlier today about the, the leadership crisis and it's generational. So in a lot of ways, um, boomers to a certain extent do understand millennials because they both had some sort of civic community 
that was important to them, right? So, so boomers absolutely fighting for all the rights that they fought for in the 60s. And millennials today, they were born up with a community component of their schooling, right? So there they match. But then you have Xers in the middle. <laughs> we're just like, money! <laughs> right? And then you've got Zs that are, you know, so technologically advanced. Right, right, right. So I, I think that when when a boomer is leading millennial, it goes a little bit faster, but the leadership crisis is these like Xers as they're stepping into the big leadership roles to your point, everything is different. The, more than, way more than half the workforce now doesn't have the same ideology, work ethic, all of it as a, an Xer leader. And, you know, how you work within that um, it, constraints, I guess I'll say, um, but how you work within that is how you become a leader of this next generation. Right. And how do you make uh, an impact without so much opposition? But I'm going to tell you, unfortunately, all these other people are dying off. Yeah. And all of these old ways and ways of thinking and philosophy, and it's not about money anymore it's going to be a new world currency you know they're talking crypto where it's peer-to-peer -peer. you're not even going to see what's going on so it, they don't care about the same thing they want clean water they want to have organic food they want to be able to send their kids to school and not have to worry about them getting harmed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know they want to be able to have robotic medicine i mean now it's telemedicine i call and talk to my doctor like this i was like what He's got me feeling my own pulse. What the heck is going on here? So everything is changing. And so we need to change right with it. Coaching is about change, my friend. That's right. Mm -hmm. And in closing, Anne, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, my legacy, the, the big, big aspiration is to put a dent in this women supporting women and i suppose if there's some women listening to this who knew me they're like yeah right you <laughs> we all can change but you know i've seen so many good smart capable women taken down by another woman who would say she's she supports women and we got to call it what it is. You know, we have this big banner saying, yes, we need to do this. But um, until we respect each other, nobody's going to respect us. That's right. And so I would like my legacy to be in that space of saying, you know what? We're all talk. We need a little more action. Mm -hmm. We need to embrace the people who are different from us. We need to embrace the people who might not, might, might, might come in a little too strong and understand that there's a person underneath there and, and really get to some progress on truly women supporting women. Well, and you know, and I tell people all the time that women are, you know, we're in the age of Aquarius, a much gentler, kinder, lunar vortex, you know, if you're into all of that. Um, but Women cannot take over the planet until they're able to make a decision, number one. There's a lot of women that are indecisive. I don't know if that's fear. I don't know if that's, you know, epigenetics. I don't know if it is um, uncertainty. But we need to be able to make a decision and stand by that decision and learn from that. We also need to be not crabs in a barrel. Don't try to pull me down. Try to rise up to my level. Try to meet me where I am. There's value there. There's something that you can learn from every single person, plant, animal, child on this planet. You don't know what you don't know. Support. You know, you don't have to be my best friend. Right. But show me that, you know, if I've got a good idea, vote for it. If I've got a, a great invention, Encourage it. If I've got a business, pay into it, invest in it. 
That's what, you know, men will go on the golf course and they will smoke a cigar and have a scotch and book $5 million deals. And you get with some women, not all, but some women, and they got to scratch their head and scratch their ass and ask their mama and ask their daddy. Everybody else has got to validate and co-sign. You got to be sure of yourself. You've got to be a risk taker. You got to feel the fear yet do it anyway. And then hire a coach. Absolutely. Coach. Just like Ann, hire a coach. Somebody that's going to be there with you, help you navigate and check you when you are out of line. And tell them how to get in contact with you. Okay. Uh, you can go to arccoachingsolutions.com. There is a contact form in there, or you can just email me directly, Ann, A-N-N, no E, Ann at arccoachingsolutions.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to work with you. Got a lot of good stuff. I will. I will talk to you straight. Okay. And you need to be ready for it and don't take it personal, you know, or maybe I should say, maybe you should take it very personal. (laughs) Okay. Because it's life-changing. It's life-changing and we are here to evolve. We're not here to just stay stuck, sitting there laying up, looking like lunch meat, a big old piece of bologna. Well, and it's life-changing for the coach too. I learned so much from the people I coach every day every day and and without them even knowing it holds me accountable to myself well i love it and i love you thank you for you know breaking it down brains take that coaching stuff seriously don't just go get the set certification and you don't show up you got to show up you got to deliver you got to work with your clients it's just it's right near uh right next door to you know talk therapy lot of responsibility. So go in and like, love, and share right here. You see the address right here. Put it in your face. Can you see that? <laughs> on the edge with April Mahoney. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blog Talk, iTunes, Mixcloud, Spotify, Google, Apple, yada, yada. We are all over the planet, okay? We're circling it so that we can make a better place for you. Thank you so much, Anne. Uh, I appreciate you, love you, value you, and I'm going to send some people to you. How about that? Thank you so much, April. This is fun. All right, Brains. Take it easy.